Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker Audio Journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome to Inside the Upside Down. We're going to be talking trigger objects here tonight. I'm author and ghost story and Mike Ricksecker. With me is Shauna Wankel, our chat shenanigator from Edge of the Rabbit Hole and a fantastic writer in her own right. <laughs> so, well, this was really inspired. This has kind of been a, um, a series here that we've been doing. Um, really inspired by Zara the Zombie Doll. So uh, we did a Friday Night Ghost Frights featuring her, which we're going to talk about here. We did a Haunted Dolls episode, and now we're doing Trigger Objects because more of what we experienced was a, a Trigger Object moment. So first off, though, something we need to get out of the way, and something that some of you may have noticed here on the uh, the Facebook page for Haunted Road Media, as well as the uh, IGTV thing that we put out there. This guy <laughs> needs a name. So what the deal is, is for the next, I don't know, a couple weeks or whatever, we're going to go ahead and take suggestions on names. And some of you have already submitted some very interesting ones. And we're going to pick like five or six of our favorites out of that. And then we're going to have a poll and let you guys choose uh, which one should be the skeleton's name. He's been around for a while. I've had him for um, just about a year now, and he's been a part of Friday Night Ghost Rites for a while. We've been having him here on Inside the Upside Down episode or two, and well, he needs a name. We've got, yeah. <clears throat> we've got Ghosty. This dude needs a name. So there we go. All right. <laughs> also, please check us out uh, this coming weekend at the Afterlife Paranormal Conference in DeKalb, Illinois. We really appreciate it if you guys uh, come out. So I heard Tom McNicholas was uh, spreading some rumor uh, that I was speaking at 7.30 p.m. So I guess I'm speaking at 7.30. <clears throat> I'm going to be manning the table. <laughs> Wouldn't you be womaning the table? I would be wanting woman in the table. <laughs> yeah. I mean. All right. So I figured to start things off with, we'd show um, part of the clip <clears throat> that we posted on Friday Night Ghost Frights uh, this past week, which has the incident with uh, Zara the Zombie Doll, Mineral Springs Hotel, what happened to Shauna, all of that, uh, the K2 meter, and uh, we'll get into it. So let me go ahead and bring that up. And that is, oh, we're in it. Zara clip. There we go. What do you think of the being over here? Do you like dolls at all? Can you see the doll? at one. I saw it just boom. It's been flickering at two. Boom. Went to three. Now it's at one. 
while we were sitting here talking about that right now. Molly? Can you hear us, Molly? started closing up. We got a uh, $10 super chat from Tom McNicholas who says, shit happens, but we still love you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of shit goes down. So, um, so yeah, you know, really kind of interesting because we had the, uh, well, you primarily had the interaction with Molly in that room before. And so we were up there to investigate her, you know, kind of impromptu. Um, you know, and really, you know, Zero's just kind of sitting there on the chair and really hadn't done much with her. I mean, the, the, the interesting thing with the K2 was, you know, we went in there, we had that baseline, um, measurement and it kind of like was, you know, wavering there for a while, just sitting there in front of Zara. And then when we asked about the doll, it was the first time we had asked about the doll and I moved, you saw me move the chair and all that stuff. Um, we asked about the doll and you saw that shimmer and then all of a sudden that K2 spiked out and then dropped down to nothing. We didn't even go back to the baseline that we had established. It went all the way down to nothing. And then all of a sudden you felt what you felt and you were crying. Yeah. It just came from out of nowhere. Um, I couldn't, I never predict stuff like that, you know, of course, but uh, just all of a sudden my, you know, throat started tightening up, closing up, you know, probably I was obviously getting ready to cry. I didn't realize, you know, but then all of a sudden I was just so sad and, um, maybe Molly, maybe it triggered something in her. Maybe she used to have a doll. Maybe she, you know, who knows? I don't even know who she is or why she's in that building. Yeah. We don't know much about no her idea. yet. Just a name. Yeah. Um, but we've routinely in that room have experienced paranormal activity and it has always seemed like a a girl or a female maybe a woman whatever some somebody of the female persuasion in that room yeah um and somebody had said my name in there and i mm -hmm. had always assumed that maybe it was pearl up there because we had gotten to know her you know more than anybody um, we were you know interacting with her more than anyone upstairs and then you know there you know they had said you know that there's another room that a child of some kind was in and you know I kind of felt like she was you know I felt like it was a female um but I really wasn't picking up much more than that from her so you know I just went with who I was feeling the most and that was Pearl at the time and then um and then somebody a female voice had said my name in the room where we met I say Molly I assume that's her name until I hear otherwise uh <laughs> It was a 
definitely a confirmation, you know, the burst of energy that came after I said the name, uh, which came from out of nowhere in my head. I have no idea. And so she's Molly until she says otherwise or until <laughs> we find her. Yeah, I mean, we'll do whatever research that we can. Um, not optimistic, just because I mean, you're talking about a semi-common name and... You know, we're not even really sure of a time frame to try to track her down at. So, I mean, we'll see what we can do, you know, as far as just, you know, hitting up some different databases or newspaper archives or whatever and just seeing if there's like any any Molly whatsoever connected with um, with the Mineral Springs Hotel. But it may not even be her, you know, real full name or anything like that. It could just be a nickname. Um, and there's really... You know, I mean, how many thousands and thousands of people go in and out of hotels all the time? And, you know, there's no way to know <laughs> years right. later. So, um, so Karen Whitaker asks, um, have you left Molly a doll or toy? I mean, I haven't left her anything yet, only because, you know, I'm not sure of the age that I'm dealing with. Um, I don't feel it, like it's a child. No, it, it seems I feel it, like maybe young woman at least. Yeah. yeah, she's younger than me. I feel like. Yeah, there is a girl up there that's a uh, that's young, and they've left toys up there for her and stuff like that. And um, yeah, the impression that's been given, I think Bree Bree Jones is the one that picked up on it, is that. You know, she's, you know, she's a child, a little bit of an older child, like maybe around 11 years old or whatever, but doesn't want to be known as a child. Like, you know, she wants to be a little bit more grown up than she is. So the fact that people try to play dolls with her and stuff like that, she doesn't necessarily care for. Right. Um, so uh, Adam Tiller is actually drawing or has drawn a, a illustration of her for the next encounters with the paranormal book. So Hey, Adam, if you're watching, please email those to me. So I know you finished them, but just we need them uh, scanned in and over to me. So I'm taking care of business here. <laughs> and then, of course, there's Pearl up there. So it seems like there's three female spirits uh, that primarily haunt up there. Right. So, um, so and Betty Lange is asking, who is Molly? Well, that's the, that's the good question. Yeah, we don't know. I mean... During the um, Pottery Media Paracon last year, um, the investigation was kind of winding down, you know. Um, it was hot, hot, hot upstairs. And we were in the room um, where we had heard my name before. And uh, we were sitting there just question and answer. And uh, I, I felt, you know, some, some different energy come in. So I was like... You know, trying to, you know, kind of focus. You know, there's other people on the same floor and there's noises going on and stuff like that. So trying to concentrate and um, the letter M floats through my head for some reason. And so I asked, you know, does your name start with M? You know, and uh, the energy definitely changed. And there was a, you know, a pretty good, you know, poke on my arm. And so I was like, oh, you know. And then, you know, I remember kind of closing my eyes and trying to filter through the stuff that was going through my head because at that point I was like, okay, I've got an M, you know, what's going on now? And and then I hear uh, the name Molly just kind of float through my head. So I said, is your name Molly? And then 
the next thing I know, coming in, whoops, coming in from stage <laughs> right. Sorry, skeleton with no name. Uh, all of a sudden from stage right, you know, comes this wave of energy and like series of hard, you know, grabs on my arm enough that I like practically jumped out of my seat and and into um, my lap and into his lap pretty much but it was enough of a forceful energy that i actually felt pushed back too so um very interesting yeah, yeah. and listen to the audio and i like you know i need to listen to it again but there were several bookmarks you know i had mentioned before uh oh i had mentioned before he's so excited he passed out yeah yeah again <laughs> I had mentioned before that, you know, there were several bookmarked EVPs of, it sounded like a woman uh, trying to speak, but um, but with something over her mouth, like she was just making, you know, muffled noises, like not actual. And there's a lot of them. I mean, like I had a, a pretty good list, you know, going before and after, you know, that. And I could hear a little bit of stuff. I was listening to it late at night with earbuds, which... It's not really all the best to listen to EVPs with, but um, there's something going on before the wave came, but I couldn't really tell, you know, what it was. So I definitely need to listen to it again. Uh, and then there was something right after. So I'm hoping to uh, follow up with that like really soon because, and definitely try to get back up in there. Um, and and we just went up during the day. Yeah, you know. Uh, We've done that Springs. before. Mineral yeah. Springs is very busy now on the weekends. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And so it's hard to schedule, you know, when there's already events going on. So a lot of times we just show up and be like, oh, hey, do you guys want to go upstairs? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course we do, you know. And that's how it happens. Just unscheduled, unplanned, impromptu, you know, investigations in the first place. I want to go. Everybody else wants to go to the pool, you know. First place I want to go is upstairs. Yep. She's going to want to go to Molly's room. Yeah, like so. I, I'd be happy just being just right there all, all day. So we have some suggestions down there in the chat for the skeleton. I saw, um, well, D-Bone came from Karen Whitaker. Uh, B3 Airspace has been calling him Rufus. And there's <laughs> uh, Candy with uh, Calcium. Calcium. So Cal for Cal. short. <clears throat> so there's some nice ones in there, some good ones. <laughs> um, so yeah, trigger objects. Oh, and Tom had a question in here. Uh, did you ever find out anything on the ring we found in that room when we were there? I didn't find no. anything on it. So still a mystery. Yeah. So trigger objects. Um, so I mean this was a great example of one, which is you know why we've been, you know, talking at length about it. Um, because it was like, you know, referencing the doll and boom, something happens, which is kind of the idea of uh of a trigger object. So, and there's uh, Snackletooth. Hey, Patrick, good to see you with a Canadian $5 super chat. Hi, Mike and Shauna. Haunted Road Media is my favorite paranormal YouTube channel of all time. Thanks, Thanks. so much. We absolutely appreciate that, Patrick. It's fantastic. I hope you're feeling well tonight. Um, so, and I saw something in there uh, with Candy and Broken Toes. So, I hope you feel better, Candy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you know, basically the idea of a trigger object is to use that object to try to trigger a response from the entity a lot of people it, it it seems like a lot of people kind of get into the oh there's a child that's supposed to haunt this room so let's bring in all these toys and i don't know how many different um 
haunted locations that I've been to where you walk into a room and the, you know there's more rooms and or more toys in the room than when I was a kid in right. you know it's like ridiculous sometimes um you know but they're they're there to try to get and entice that uh, child spirit to play with something another good one that we used to use on the goldenrod when it was still standing was ragtime music yep music will work because you know ragtime music played a lot you know it was the predominant uh, music there and so we figured you know maybe that would you know trigger some of the old timers you know there from the boat and uh, there was a lot of times that activity would you know amp up um then there was uh, uh chris sutton you know got up on stage and sang a little bit and performed yeah we have and that, that on one of our videos he did up he went up there and did his cowardly uh lion act yeah yeah yeah, so and, and, and there it is from Sean Gilmore. Boner. Oh no. <laughs> Sean, that's what I said. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and uh <laughs> they, they got there's some other ones to throw in. Imla Buddha sixty one, Ichabod, Ichabod, uh Kathy Siliento, Mr. Scully Bones. Nice. Uh Pungai Fungi Bloody Bones. <laughs> uh Squillfish says Bones McGee. So they must be, because there's a delay in the video, so they must be at the part where we're talking about the names. <laughs> um, Boner. That was mine. Yeah, Betty Lange saying, my trigger object was a pinwheel in a cemetery. Oh. Interesting. Um, yeah, ragtime music or any type of music to try to entice that. I mean, we did that, um, or we at least attempted to, um, and maybe it did garner a response. When we were up there in the Goldenrod, and um, it was... I guess it was probably my second time there or something or whenever it was um or it was a follow-up investigation that we did um after my first time there because we were specifically trying to interact with annie and the first time that i was there we had the whole ear thing where she was blowing my ear so i had suggested well hey how about we dance because it was up there on the dance floor and so i was playing some music and we saw that um, light anomaly come through the screen you were off screen but it went basically right toward you and then like a moment later there you are basically walking through the screen you're crying you know almost, almost kind of like the same thing that happened here so i don't that's one where i'm not sure if the music actually triggered something or if there's just something up there anyway right. and it affected you so but again trying to use the music as a trigger object yeah because i mean the yeah the music was you know kind of mellow you know, and stuff, and it, but kind of had like a little haunting, you know, melody to it. But it wasn't anything that I would, you know, become, you know, sad listening to any other time. And then, you know, played it again, and I listened to it, and I was fine. So, I it wasn't Annie. Yeah. It, it didn't. It didn't feel like. I mean, she had gotten me before. Um. You know, I. But it didn't feel. It didn't feel the same. And so, I mean, there's different, you know, you can discern, you know, one energy from another sometimes, um, especially if it's one that you interact with a lot, you know, so that, you know, it just even just the slightest difference, you know, you can tell, oh, this is something different. This is someone different. Um, or at least that's, that's the way it is to me anyway. Got some other suggestions in there. One-eyed Willie. We'd have to put a patch on him. Give me a patch. <laughs> um, Mick Ribs. <laughs> There's another one. That's funny. There might be some copyright infringement on that. I don't know. <laughs> um, there's 
D boner stoner. Wow, you guys are funny. <laughs> so, um, bless you. Allergies. Uh, Mr. Sp- Mr. Spock Bones. <laughs> bless you again. Uh, oh. Scully. Okay, Scully. Scully. So Donna's keeping track here. She says we have a Nickabob uh, Boner, Boner McRibs, <laughs> Mr. Spock Bones, D Boner Stoner. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Tom McNichols had Yorick. Um, so, you know, we're going to, like I said, we're going to pick like five or six of our favorites from the list that you guys give, and then we'll do a uh, poll. So um, Betty Lange says Captain Bones Goldenrod. <laughs> <laughs> So um, another another one that I like to use a trigger object is history, and it's one of the reasons why I like going into a location knowing uh, as much as I can about a location. Um, it, you know, and I understand with psychic mediums like Vanessa or what have you, where they don't want to know anything going in because it's basically part of what they do. Otherwise, if they know too much, they're going to go in and somebody could just fake playing off of the little bit of information that they've been given. So I understand that from a psychic medium's perspective. However, um, for someone like me, I'm going to use that information to try to interact with the person. You know, I think it's, it's better to know a little bit about who it is that you're dealing with because otherwise it's just like you're going door to door selling something is kind of what I usually related to and you just you have no idea who's there at the house and you're just knocking on the door and you know you're trying to sell hey you know talk to me um, where you know if you show up and you know something about the person you have like an immediate rapport with them um, still might take a little while for them to warm up with you because you still are a new person but by knowing something about them going in there um, you can you know, relate to, to them a little bit better and you might be able to key in on something that they really want to talk about you know people people want to talk about things that they are or want to talk about things that they are interested in so you know if you know that this person you know liked uh, you know was a big baseball fan you can go in there talking baseball or whatever um an example i like to use a lot is at a old army hangar in a uh, a world war ii airplane that saw action uh during world war ii actually was in battles um you're in there in the plane trying to do some EVP work. Um, I had a K2 sitting there and, and things like that. And nothing, 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 no responses until I finally said something about having been in the Air Force and I knew it came out of the old Army Air Corps, which was old, it was the Army Air Corps that flew during World War II. And so it kind of went down that path, you know, something relatable to uh, the spirits that, that was there. And then, boom, all of a sudden, K2 starts spiking out and was responsive to the questions that we were asking. So um, that's using history and information of a location. Um to 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 trigger a response so um brie jones says bucket list would love to be in a world war ii airplane yeah it was uh, it was pretty cool because uh, they don't usually let people in there um so um okay and that's donna's list i was just scrolling up to see if there are any questions so another one that i wanted to throw out there because people talk about using the boo bear or the parapooch which I know Sean Gilmore is down there in the chat, and he happens to have a pair of pooch. And I have a clip. This is actually um, part of the video that's going to be posted on Friday. So this Friday, instead of a just traditional Friday Night Ghost Frights, I'm going to uh, finish up and post the next paranormal investigation video, which is Old Licking County Jail. 
And this is a clip from that with two pair of pooches, um, one from Sean Gilmore, one by uh, from Sabrina Myers. So let's go to that. It's kind of interesting what was going on there. Remember that? Maybe you can pet the other dog. <laughs> yeah, it does not want to. <laughs> yep, every time. Is there something you're trying to tell us? You have a message for us? Dog from the you know higher ground there. Now the, no, that, that, that is that's the deal. It's the chair. Okay, that's kind of weird. It's kind of herky jerky on our end, which is a little different. <laughs> um, but you got a uh, glimpse there. Of, uh, of the parapooches in action, and what was interesting about this is like we were just like saying, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go touch this one dog, and then boom, the thing would go off. Um, it, it seemed, it, and Sean, you can talk about it a little bit down in there too. Um, it, it seemed like it was actually more related to the chair because you saw when we switched it up that it was the other dog sitting on the chair, then that would just suddenly, you know start having uh reactions it was always like you know okay we're gonna go touch the one dog and then boom it would it would go off so we were just kind of saying what we were gonna do and then there it went um as far as like proximity and things like that we had those uh parapooches up in one of the cells at another uh, point in the evening um actually before all of that and yeah, they were. I mean, we were standing there, like right in front of them, moving around, and they're not going off at all. There's, they were totally dead when we had them in the uh, in the cell block. But in that room, which, which they call David's room, it was just like crazy. <laughs> so, um, and I know Sean had had the, his dog in there before because he'd been to Old Licking County Jail before and had uh, quite a bit of interaction with the parapooch in there. So, David apparently likes dogs or something. So. Um, but that's, you know, that's kind of the whole idea is, um, you know, the, the spirit is going to reach out, maybe try to pet the dog or what have you, and set off the, uh, um, the, the chimes or whatever inside of it. Um, same thing with the, with the boo bear, and Tom McNicholas saying that he has a, a boo bear. Um, kind of the same thing. So a child spirit would reach out to the, the stuffed animal, and then boom, it would go off. So, um, so Karen Whitaker, perhaps, uh, where the parapooches on metal chairs, perhaps that's why it was going off. Um, I think it was a metal chair, but you know, it would be just dead silent. And then all of a sudden we would just like say, well, we're going to go, you know, touch the thing and boom, it would go off. So it's, 
I don't know. Um, and then we would have it at times where the one on the floor would occasionally, but it was like only un- under certain circumstances. So um, there was only like a couple of snippets of what happened. I have a whole long segment that'll be uh, published on Friday. So um, Bree Jones, what did that scare a child if it went off when they approached it? I don't know. I had toys that lit up when I was a kid. Yeah. My thing is with uh, child spirits and toys, if it's not one that was around during their time, you want to explain what it is that you've got for them and explain what might happen and for them not to be afraid of it. I mean, we don't even know if they can see it. Right. So telling spirits to talk into lights and stuff like that, you can't really do that. I mean, you can, but... um, we don't even know if they could see the light. It may be such a thing as, um, like, we can't really see them sometimes. So it could be the thing where they might not be able to see what we're talking about, but they might be able to feel the energy that it's giving off. They can tell that there's something different, you know, there. So you explain it to them. You know, or if it's something you're holding, you tell them, you know, hey, this is me, this is where I am, this is what I'm holding. You know, this is where I'm holding it. You know, so if you come over here and you, you know, see it, feel it, whatever, you know, don't be afraid of it, you know, because it's not going to hurt you. But at the same time, it'll let me know, you know, that you're, that you're close by. So. And Sean is saying in order for them to go off, talk about the parapooches again, you have to literally be an inch away from the dog. Yeah. You have to be pretty close. Um, B3 airspace is cute. Whoever said this was a guy. She suggested Bona Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, yeah, there's not the typical anatomy, so. Well, they're supposed to be able to tell by the hips. Those look like childbearing hips. I don't know. I don't know. I mean. I think it's a dude. I don't know. Um, Betty Langer, are not the spirits supposed to pick up on the energy? Um. Oh, and uh, this is from Donna Gordon. Candy says that connectivity issues may be because of that presidential alert test tomorrow that it's not just cell towers, but also internet providers affected. I missed something? I guess. Presidential alerts. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> hmm. So if that's affecting the internet connection, well, yeah. Um, we have had, what was it, the State of the Union night. We got affected. Um, but Betty Lange's question about uh, spirits supposed to pick up on the energy. Um, well, it's not in that case with like uh, um, like a boo bear or a parapooch or whatever. They're not emanating energy. Those are supposed to be you know like detecting uh, that energy like in very very close proximity. So um, I, I always have this thing anyway that I don't think that the spirits are out there, you know, like detecting energy that they're like, oh, this is this is a source of energy for me to like tap into and manifest. I don't think they get that at all. Um, otherwise, I think they'd just be sticking their finger into a, um, you know, a wall outlet and charging up and then manifesting. So, um, you know, so I don't I don't think it works like that. I don't you have opinion. Yeah. yeah it- and even if it did work like that, you know, they seem to have this aversion to us seeing them most of the time. So <laughs> they're probably staying clear the hell away from that. Um, at, the, at the cafe, we used to read books a lot, mm-hmm. children's books. Uh, but sometimes we would read stuff that's kind of 
you know, between. We try to, you know, pinpoint the different age groups that we thought were in there. And we recently did that at Cheney House with um, Ron Turner. Right. So, um, Snaggletooth Patrick saying, how about Skeletor? So, Boney Juan Kenobi. So, they're going to be throwing names at us all night. (laughs) Um, And so, what else about trigger objects? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's always kind of been the old standbys, you know, like a ball for, you know, the kids and and what have you. Um, Or some good ones that we've used before. I mean, I always like just to use information. And that's that's my big one. Um, yeah, and, and you said, you know, be careful about the talking into the light thing, which um, I think a lot of people kind of make the mistake of falling into where they almost like try to use the devices as a trigger object where, you know, a lot of times they don't even have any idea what these things are. So Yeah, if you're going to use one. I've said it a million times. If you're going to use something like that, you have to remember that that stuff might not have been around whenever they were, and it's going to um, chase them away. They're either going to be curious about it or it's going to chase them away, but either way, you need to kind of you know, set the stage for what they're going to be dealing with. So explain it to them. you know, So that way, if you are dealing with a kid or someone that might think it's blasphemous for you to use something like that and start throwing rocks at you, <laughs> uh, that's witchcraft. Um Explain it to them. Yeah. Uh, Bree Jones is asking, have you guys ever tried pendulums as trigger objects? I think some people find them a little kitschy. Um, Not really as a trigger object, as a mode of communication. Um, I mean, I just recently came into possession of a pendulum. I've attempted it twice, but I could see how it could like really easily be manipulated. So... I wouldn't necessarily use it on uh, like an investigation that I'm going to like, you know, post here on YouTube because there's too many people that are going to question whether or not it's legit because just the, you know, while you're holding it, like just a little bit of, you know, movement or vibration can make it, you know, turn in a, you know, different direction or what have you. I'm one of those people. Kind of like what you think about dowsing rods, but for, you know, my own personal use, if I learned how to you know, use it a little bit better and all that, um, I mean, I'm going to be honest with myself, you know, so if it's like, if it, I'm truly holding the thing, you know, without any movement and it's moving on its own, it's like, okay, you know, well, th- then I know, but for somebody, you know, watching it on the internet, they're still going to think, yeah, no, which is why it's so hard for anybody using dowsing rods or anything like that to, you know, really kind of portray themselves as legit, even though like, you know, my, my friend, uh, uh, Copperhead uses dowsing rods a lot, and I trust him. Um, you know, a lot of people look at that and they're like, "Nope, because nope. too many people have manipulated them in the past." So it becomes difficult. So um, another one from Betty Lange. So you feel spirit stay in the time that they die. Um. That's always been a burning question. Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, let's let Shauna finish her story. Yeah, it's been one of those evenings. Anyway, I don't know how much I remember. Bryn Inn. Yeah, it was the Bryn Hotel. 
Burn Hotel. Used to be called the Cancel Inn. I never knew it when it was a hotel. I wasn't alive yet. Uh, Burn Hotel. So we use money as a trigger object because the owner, Mr. Bren, I didn't know his first name at the time, uh, had a heart attack and died while counting money in his room. So we left money as a trigger object and told him that if he could guess the amount that we left on there, on the dresser, that he could keep it. We would leave it there. Um, but while we were waiting for a response of some, some kind, we asked, you know, if who was in the room, wanted to make sure that it was him, you know, what's your name? Um, and then a male's voice came across saying, Bryn, uh, burst EVP sessions, just listening, you know, right afterwards. And, uh, so then the next one, you know, what's the name of this, this building? What's the name of this venue? And again, last name, uh, came through Bryn, you know? And so we were like, so to him, you know, to me, he was saying, you know, it was the Brit that that was his place. You know, so obviously to him, it was still his hotel and not the restaurant that I had known it as. Yeah. But money was the trigger object that night. Yep. Trigger object of money. That's a lot different. I mean, that's, and that is also knowing that his story, you wouldn't have used that as a trigger, as a trigger object if you didn't know his story. No. You know, so that's, again, you know, one of the reasons why I like and prefer to go into a location knowing the history and the background of it, you know, because what what would you do otherwise? You'd go in there, you'd you'd try to do EVP session. Okay, hi, you know, who's here? What's your name? All that, you know, with, you know, and, and you're just like at the beginning baby steps where you went in knowing somebody that you know had a strong possibility of being there you knew the story about the money and you used that as a trigger object and boom you got something yeah so i mean i personally like to know usually only because with some of these older venues you don't know if you're going to get to go in there a second time you never know you could burn to the ground you could cave in on itself nobody's able to go back in you know, so to me, every time that I go in is potentially the last time I'm going to get to go in. You know, I always say, you know, I hope, you know, or we're going to try to come back, you know, but that's not always, that's not always a given. So to me, I want to know. I'm honest with myself, you know, and I'm sometimes, you know, knowing information when I go in, I'll second guess and be like, mm, you know, but I already know that. So, you know, am I now, you know, perceiving that because I already have the answer? Um, but then if enough energy, you know, is, if enough is being thrown at you, you, you have to, you have to conceive it as a possibility. Yeah. Judy Wilson's asking, so do you think, uh, they might be stuck in a loop since, uh, he still thought it was his hotel? I mean, you know, since he was, I, I couldn't say it was, was residual activity because it was direct response to a question that we asked and it, those that name didn't come across until we started speaking to him directly. So it's not like it was just, you know, thrown out there as residual, that kind of loop. Um, but that, you know, kind of goes, you know, hand in hand with, with Betty's question because, you know, do you think that they're still stuck in their time? I don't know. You know, uh, why wasn't it 
you know, the Camsterland, the restaurant that I had grown up, you know, going into and knowing, you know, why, you know, would he still think of it as his unless maybe he was still in that time? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Always ask for a year. You don't ever get a year. Ever. Yeah, that's kind of funny. You don't ever get a year. No, um, that's all the other stuff. But they won't give you a year, which would help matters immensely. You know, it's like, then you will know, hey, they're stuck in that time. So we're like, in a sense, you know, talking to somebody from that time, they still think it's, or they, they think it's that time, you know, but then again, you know, are we talking to somebody in that time? Like there's a space time continuum matrix weird thing going on, or do they know that they sense that something's different, but they don't really realize what happened, you know? So how do you know? Yeah. I mean, it's time could work completely different for them so the idea of a year you know is irrelevant so yep. and that's something we always you know we try to figure out we, we do throw those questions out there when we investigate we don't usually get any answers unfortunately um it seems like when it comes to talking about the afterlife or their current situation or what have you we don't get anything about that we might get something about their lives or might get a reaction to something in particular. Um, they might tell us about their occupation, you know, something like that. Um, but any details as far as like the afterlife, how it works, um, yeah, like what year it is, anything to do with time, anything to do with time, space, spirituality, anything like that, nothing. Yeah. I mean, and we don't, I don't always ask, you know, what year it is, but if you know a building has gone through several different, you know, names, you know, I'm kind of curious, you know, which, which one is it to them? You know, are they aware that it, you know, it is what it is in, in my realm of existence, you know, or, you know, they're like, what the hell's happening inside my building? Where'd all these people come from? You know, I mean, it'd be nice if they would answer stuff like that, but. I don't think they're allowed to sometimes. Yeah, there's some seems rebels to be like it's against there. the rules or something. There's some rebels out there, you know, but uh, for the most part, they're just, they're kind of hush-hush, I think, on what they can answer. Yeah. Bree Jones says, when I had my near-death experience, I was told it's like the traveler in Star Trek for some of them. There is no concept of time. They just are. Which is interesting. So, very well could be. I don't know. That's, you know, one of the things that we're always researching and trying to investigate. You know, there's a number of different reasons why we investigate. One of them is definitely to, you know, figure out these different secrets and mysteries of the universe in the in the way in which it really works. So yeah, like like Mandalia, for example. Whenever the whenever the boy that I connected with and I are like tuned in, I don't see him as I don't see the room that he was in before. I see it as it is now. You know, um, he, he takes me to the place that I'm familiar with and a time that I'm familiar with it, um, where I assume it, you know, was a furnished room at some point, you know, for him. And there was a window there. But um, at least whenever I go back, whenever I tune in, it's just like it looked the last time I was there, the last time I saw it. So it makes me wonder what it looks like for him. You know, um, but I don't know. I have no idea because he doesn't answer. I, know. I know he's there. You know, he vo at least voiced that. <laughs> so, but beyond that, I got nothing. 
Robert says, I wonder if remodeling is a trigger object itself for spirits. Kind of, yeah. It kind of yeah. acts as a trigger object. Yeah, especially if it's someone that's really attached to a place and they see changes going on around them, if they're able to see those changes going on and there's nothing that they can do to stop it, um, you know, that can really amp up some activity. Definitely, definitely believe that. Rita was talking about um, in whenever she moved into a new house there in town, um, the female spirit there that also used to own the cafe uh, <laughs> didn't like the stuff that she was hanging up. And so right. anytime she'd hang it up, it was on the floor, you know. And her husband, you know, at the time doing it because, you know, he helped, you know, pick it out so I mean you know everything everybody was you know good you know except for you know obviously and then once she stopped putting it back up everything was fine so yeah you know spirits don't always like change especially home you know some of them can coexist and be fine and others uh, I told Rita you know maybe Either, either run the or just ask, you know, hey, you know, I really like this. Do you mind if I hang it up? You know, ask permission. Maybe that was a thing. Maybe it was a respect issue. You know, maybe they just wanted to be included. You know, it's still their home and now there's new people living in it. And so they're just like, well, if we got to be here together, I'd at least like a say, you know, um, because sometimes you just have to coexist. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, figure out some kind of uh, common ground to work on. Yeah, they'll communicate with you more yeah. if you include them in stuff. So Judy Wilson asked, Mike, would you buy a haunted house and move into it? Depends on the type of haunt. Oh, you know, the one in Jacksonville. Yeah. That Oh, man. Well, that place looked haunted. We didn't it know if looked. it was or not. It but, looked um, crazy. Yeah, it's like, that looks like a haunted house. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the type of haunt. You know, it's, you know, there's something malevolent in there. No, I'm not going to want to move into it. So... Um, then I'm open to the idea. I mean, I would prefer an older type home, but it, with modern amenities like wiring. <laughs> Unlike this house over here, the uh, studio is wired correctly, but the house is the house is itself completely... is old and yeah. Um, but um, no, it's not haunted. But yeah, I mean. I prefer, I would prefer an older home, and if it is haunted, as long as we can get along, then I, I wouldn't mind. So yeah, I mean, I used to live in a haunted house. I lived in a couple of them. Um, I didn't buy them, or I didn't, you know, rent them, or whatever, knowing that they were haunted. Um, but once I realized what was going on, I don't think it was actually the home that was haunted. It was me. They were following me home. So the home itself, not really sure. You know, did audio, but it was voices that I was familiar with listening at the cafe. So mm -hmm. I knew that it was them coming to me and not, you know, the place, you know, being haunted. Um, I would like, I wouldn't have a problem, you know, buying, I would rather it not be, you know, in my home, especially with my kids living. Well, here. with kids, it's different. Um, Judy Wilson also asked, when you return to places you have been to, do the spirits remember you? I believe they do. Yeah. And I, you know, something that we talk about a lot about building up that rapport. So, um, you know, just going there one time, you're kind of, you know, shooting arrows in the dark, you know, you might, you know, you might hit on something. But a lot of times I think 
you know, the spirits are looking at you like, you know, who the hell are you? I mean, you got to remember they're people, you know, and just like you meeting the person for the first time, they may be a little reluctant to talk to you. Um, so you go back again and again and again. I believe that they do warm up and they start responding to you a lot more. And, um, you know, Hans Holzer used to have a, a, a statement where he said, you know, some of his best friends were ghosts. So and that was from some of the more common. Yeah. There'd be like on the Goldenrod or the cafe, you know, teams would come and investigate and then, you know, be new and then not really get anything. And then use one of us who's been there a lot as a trigger object. You know, and there all you of go. a sudden, boom, there's activity going on, you know, and it's relevant and, and things are starting to, you know, because, hey, there's this familiar face, you know, and we always used to say no matter where it was, whether it was the cafe, the boat or wherever, you know, hey, we're inviting some friends, you know, to meet you. You know, they're good people, usually, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, we're not going to bring anybody that's going to disrespect you or be mean or anything like that. So, you know, there are friends and we want you to, you know, get to know them and, and we think you'll like them, you know, and then that icebreaker sometimes, you know, it's like, well, I said, don't, don't talk at them as if they're just this object of, you know, or this energy, you know, they have names, you know, and they have souls, their energy, their people, they were people, you know, we just can't interact the same way that we interact with you guys, you know, it's not always the same. And so, but they're still people though, you know, and you'll find that as soon as you start treating them like real people, they will start acknowledging you like people. So, and then you'll get the activity that you want usually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> B3 Aerospace is saying moving into a haunted house is silly. Uh, asking for trouble and whispers from the dead says living in a haunted home is not fun with negatives. Well, yeah, no. I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't want to live in a haunted house with negative spirits. That's what I'm saying. You know, not, you know, nothing malevolent or anything like that. But, um, you know, I, I, I brought it up a few weeks ago and it was, a um, you know, a story with a guy that I used to work with from years back and I hadn't thought of this guy for forever until whatever the heck spurred the thought a couple weeks ago but i'll bring it up again here um he lived with you know a, a couple of uh of gay spirits in his house you know they had been a gay couple they both died but they came back and were living in uh in his house and so he had a working arrangement with them um the, the one was a little bit of a jokester a little bit of a prankster would kind of you know move things around and whatnot but for um for the most part they had a, a good working relationship there and he basically viewed it as you know they're still living in their old house here just i also happen to live here too so to me that seemed like they had you know really worked out an arrangement to be able to you know cohabitate this place together um so, you know, like something like that, I'm, I think I'm probably fine with, you know? Yeah. So I know with you, you kept, um, there was that little girl that, um, that you kind of bonded with. Yeah. The very first haunted place that I lived in, um, in Alton and, um, it, it was a shock, you know, to see her, I wasn't really expecting it. Like I, I really hadn't gotten into it that much yet. She was what broke me in, you know, and sometimes I was a little creeped out by it. Um, but you know, I started getting used to it because to me, I just started, you know, really focusing on the back, you know, there's this little girl, you know, it's a child. I love children. And, uh, so, and she looked like a child. Um, and so I started treating her, you know, offering, you know, as long as my kids weren't there, um, you know, I would, I started 
you know, reading books to her and stuff. And um, she, you know, I didn't really want her to get to know my kids because they were younger and I didn't know how they would react. I didn't know if it would emotionally traumatize them or anything like that. So I thought it best to just keep it between us adults. Um, I know my then uh, boyfriend at the time is not watching this, but uh, it's funny because you know he thought I was thought I was crazy. Um, and then I told her one night, "Why don't you go up there and say hi?" Yeah. And so the next thing I'm like, "Oh, okay." Uh, so she's gone. And then the next thing I hear is a yell from upstairs and barreling down those stairs like he's on fire and uh, there's something upstairs in the room with me. And so, yeah, I mean, it became kind of a, you know, a joke, you know, after that, but but he realized, you know, hey, uh, I think there might be something to this, you know, maybe she's not crazy after all. And then he's, he, he definitely experienced some stuff uh, afterwards and some of it was not always good. And neither were the spirits in the house. Uh, there were some others that were um, <coughs> definitely not. Finally, you know, showdown time where it's just like, look, you cannot be here in his house anymore because I cannot deal with the activity that you're causing. You know, I tried to be nice, tried to be respectful. Not the little girl. This is another <laughs> one. Tried to be respectful and be like, look, you know, if we're both going to be in his house, um, then you need to calm down. You need to not be doing so much, you know, stuff to interfere with my daily life. You know, I'm not going out of my way to interrupt yours. Uh, then whenever I was getting out of the shower one night and saw this man behind me, whenever I unfogged the mirror, that was it. That's my private, that's my privacy. Now see, you know, that would be a haunting we would not want in a house that we lived in. No. The little girl, fine, but him, no. Yeah, I was, I was so, I was beyond mad that night and I was like, you've got to go. You know, you cannot do this. That kind of behavior is not okay. You know, and there there were some others, you know, that moved in and out, you know. But that that was the, the one that got me the most. So, and I could tell when he left. <laughs> I mean, um, I never saw him again after that, but I could see the details of his features just like, you know, just like it was yesterday. Adam could probably draw him. There you go. Sean Gilmore asks, what do you feel is the best way to learn a spirit or ghost name? Ask. <laughs> Just ask. Um, good example is a time that I was at a cemetery. Um, I actually posted about this. Um, well, a couple times. I posted the EVP a few times. And then I told the story of uh, Lima or Lima Cemetery, whichever one you pronounce it, in uh, Oklahoma a number of weeks back. Um, in any case, so we're there, we just, we'd finished up a paranormal investigation. The, uh, uh couples whose house we investigated, uh, put us onto the cemetery on, on our way back home. And so we went out there to check it out. It was really kind of a rustic old cemetery, at least carved headstones, like, like hand carved, like they were like oh, chiseling in, um, by hand. One was done in like black magic marker, you know, it's like crazy <laughs> stuff. Um, but I was standing by the uh, by one of the gates, like along the railing, and just kind of looking into the cemetery. I'm taking photographs and whatnot. And the psychic medium that was with us at the time, and you know, she, she's the one I've talked about before, where we left because we knew that she was you know making shit up. But 
she she was one of those people where it's like she has something legit going on, but then made it out to be more than what it was. This, but this was one of those times where she was her legit shit was coming forward, and so she's like, "Hey, Mike, there's a there's a spirit standing in front of you right now." I'm like, "Oh, okay." You know, I couldn't see it, but you know, I just I just did what I do, which is like, you know, I introduced myself. You know, I was like, "Hi, how are you? My name is Michael," and I got immediately for a response. Edward, boom, name. I was talking Edward. So, um, so you do. I mean, you, they're they're people. <laughs> you just talk to them like people. And so that was just an introductory. Hey, you know, how are you doing? This is who I am. And the natural response from a human being would be to reciprocate with a name. That's it. Yep. I mean, that doesn't always happen. I mean, how many times have we sat there in the dark saying, you know, what's your name? You know, and have gotten nothing, even though we're experiencing paranormal activity. But can you give us a name, something, anything? Yeah. But here's this random moment. One time, just casual, you know, just like casual conversation. Boom, there's a name. Don't use a ghost box or spirit app. No. Trying to get a name because it'll throw a name out. It's programmed to do that. But that doesn't mean that that's what that spirit's name is. So please don't, please God, don't, don't use those for that. Don't use those for anything, but especially don't use them for that. Donna says, well, you don't want a child spirit watching the sh- in the shower either. Well, no, but I don't no. think, I don't think the little girl is watching you in no. the shower. <laughs> she, I made it a point because I knew there was a child in the house to be like, you know, whenever I'd be going to leave or, and that's what I always felt bad too. Whenever I'd leave. Because I would leave my own child unattended at that age. And I'm always like, I don't know if somebody watches you or whatever, but I'd be like, if there's somebody that watches over this child, I've got to go. You know, I'll be right back. You know, she always seemed fine when I came back. You know, I don't know if there's some kind of daycare for spirits. I don't know how that happens. You know, I don't know the rules, but I would always be pretty mindful, you know, or I'm going to go and do this in the house, or I'm going to go take a shower. I'll be right back. I'm going to go get cleaned up. I'll be right back. I never felt like her energy was, you know, following me everywhere I went. So at least she minded, uh, not like some other ones that I've come into contact with, but you know, she seemed to be a very well-mannered child. So, you know, I never really had to get onto her. I was, I was sorry to have to leave her. Um, I wouldn't have minded if she followed me. But I think that she was not, she was, you know, fond of me while I was there and attached me while I was there. But once I left, she did not follow. Did you ever so, find out a name for her? Nope. Okay. Adam Tillery is in the house. Adam. So I'd like to take this time. So what he says, I'd like to take this time while the connection is good. <laughs> Banner change, Mike. <laughs> yeah, we have been changing up our, our branding quite a bit. So... Um, I do have a new banner. It's a vertical banner. Um, it's different than this, but it has more of the new where it's uh, basically it's like black and blue um, using uh, St. Joe's, the St. Joe's hallway up there on the third floor. Um, that It does get a lot of activity. I threw a, the, the shadow guy that's back behind Shauna is also... Uh, you see him right there? Yeah. Um, he's also in that as well. Um, actually, no, he's not on the banner. That's something I screwed up because I was, I was trying to get there. They had a 50% off sale, and I was trying to get in in time to, to do it. And I f- forgot to put the shadow guy in that. But like all the That's other... That's a cool banner. I like it. Your face is huge. Oh, boom. It's like huge, it's like, yeah. bam. Um, wow. I'll have that in the call. 
but uh, yeah, it's um, I, I have it on the um, I've, I've switched out Twitter with it. I've I've put it out there on Facebook and whatnot. So um, it's gotten out to a, lo- a lot of different locations. But this hasn't been changed up yet. But Adam's right. You know, branding changed. Of course, we have his logo that he created um, last year. So we've been doing some branding here. Oh, that's not the that's not the banner change that he's talking about. That's the banner change he's talking about. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, so he's, he's talking about that. <laughs> Go well, on and on and on. Like, in our defense, it was kind of a tumultuous uh, hour. It has show. been, a, yeah, the entire crazy internet night has been, yeah, just like that. I think every hour on the hour tomorrow, I'm going to be calling Frontier just because. I'm going to bother them and be like, well, you were kind of a pain in my ass last night, so I'm going to be a pain in yours today. There Maybe you guys go. should update the town. <laughs> you know, this is not pioneer days where we're rubbing, you know, rocks together to try to spark a signal. Um, fucking fix it. Do something. You know, get with the times, man. Something. Upgrade your wiring. Yeah. Um, from Betty Lingy, how can you get a spirit to leave your home, or can you? Well, you can. I mean, you can. I you did. Can, you can cleanse a home, and you know our our episode that we did on the haunted um, was mostly on that. We where we cleansed that house, and, um, and that was more of a nefarious spirit that was in there. But I didn't know yeah. anything about any of that stuff. I just told it to get the fuck out. There in is. those words, get the fuck out of my house. It well, wasn't there when I got there. And so I feel like it was messing with your Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that, that one, I was up all night. I was determined. I sat vigil over the roaster oven because as soon as I'd leave the room, um, it would turn off the roaster oven. And I was sure I was losing my damn mind. It's like, well, maybe I left on. But then, so I was like, after about the second or third time, I was like, no. You know, I know I'm turning this oven on. So finally, I turned it on and I parked my chair right in the middle of the kitchen floor and watched that thing. <laughs> and pretty soon, I would hear something uh, over there and I'd look up and would watch and that knob would be slowly turning itself off as if I would not notice that, you know. And so finally, I put put my foot down and I was like, <laughs> you know, you cannot be here. You cannot be here. And I and it wasn't even and it wasn't even the same energy as the shadow or as the shower guy. It was something totally different. Because that guy left that night right after my shower. So I'm standing there dripping in a damn towel telling you need to get the fuck out of my house. You know, this 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 behavior is not okay. You know, you need to get out. But me standing in the middle of my kitchen, thankfully my kids were not there. Because surely that would have traumatized them. Um but it is what it is, you know. Um, that kind of behavior is not is not okay. So, and I didn't do anything with salt. I didn't do anything with, you know, stone spells. I wasn't really into that as much then, you know. Um, I had been, you know, in starting to explore cemeteries and read up on some on the history. Well, it was the those town. experiences at that house that kind of launched you into all yeah. of this? You know, and then we were, you know, investigating. Uh, I was going out, you know, I had a recorder, uh, but I didn't have video camera. I was taking just regular pictures with my phone and just had a recorder, and that was it. And that's all I needed. Um, 
and it worked just fine. You know, I was getting stuff, you know, all the time, but you know, it was, but I was having, you know, personal, you know, like feelings, like personal experiences and stuff at different places. And then, you know, I would research and find out, you know, what, what the hell's going on at this place. And then I would read and be like, oh, that's what's going on at this place. So it started confirming some of the stuff that I was feeling. So low-key, I was probably starting to develop some stuff then. And I was just like, well, I don't know what this is, but whatever it is, it's kind of cool. So, you know, I didn't really have a name for it then. You know, I could just, I could, you know, hear dead people on a recorder. Yeah. You know, I could feel stuff. That's about it. Karen Whitaker's funny. She says, I wish we could ask the ghost to please clean our houses. You know, if I was a ghost, you know, somebody asked to clean my house, I'd be, I'd give them a big F you because it's like, you know, I just spent my whole life working my ass off. You think I want to be cleaning your house in the afterlife? You know, I used to, at the same house in Alton, you know, the spirit used to constantly turn the lights off whenever I'd leave, or turn the lights on whenever I'd leave the room, <laughs> you know, and my mom had come over one time and we were getting ready to go somewhere. She goes, you need to turn the light off in the basement. You know, it's wasting electricity. We're not going to be here. I'm like the basement light was off. So I would go and turn it back off again. And I'd be like, you know, and they didn't know, you know, really I kind of left my mom kind of in the dark about that kind of stuff. My dad, I would let him know some of the stuff that was going on. You know, I needed someone to not think I was crazy. I didn't know how my mom would, would react <laughs> You're not to it. crazy. Yeah. So, you know, that's how many years ago. Yeah. I didn't know. I was like, you know, I knew stuff was going on, you know, but I tell my mom, you know, but then I'd hear a click, you know, I knew it was coming back on again. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, um, but there was all kinds of stuff. And then finally I said, you know, look, if you're going to turn the lights on, then you can start paying for the electric bill. You can start helping me pay for this electricity that you're using. You know, so then I started, I was like, well, maybe if I turn the light on, will it turn it off? I'd turn the light. It's like, Hey, can you turn the light off? Thanks. You know, and that, that didn't work by the way. Reverse psychology doesn't work on spirits <laughs> either. But, yeah, you know, there, there's <laughs> I have a lot of stories. I really need to write a book. Yeah. Yes, you do. There's Sean Gilmore says, I did that a couple weeks ago. Uh, my front door swung open violently. I sat up and yelled, oh, hell no, get the fuck out of my house. I went up to my door, I yelled, stay out, and then slammed my door shut. There you go. I mean, you know, if you're putting enough, you know, emotion, enough intent behind it, you probably don't need salt or anything yeah. like that. You know, your own, your will, you know, your own... Your own energy might be enough to act as a barrier. It's your house. It's your house. Own it. Own it. All right. Well, I think we ought to get wrapping up. So this will be, I guess, part two of Trigger Objects since we just got, you know, inadvertently interrupted right in the middle of it. Um, Feel free to leave comments on the replay after yes. post because, you know, uh, whatever you think, you know, we didn't hear about leave it in the comments. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, leave those. the comments, share share out the videos, all that great stuff. Um, we got some of your names for this guy, so <laughs> we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see. I what, know which one I like. I know. <laughs> so um, yeah, so let's go ahead and get down into the. Uh, into the shout outs, I know that there were some super chats in there that I think they're, they're you know, not registering now because we had to reset everything, but um, pretty sure there was one in there from Tom McNicholas. 
Um, yeah, there was one from Patrick. Yes, Patrick Snaggletooth. I uh, was in there the first time around. First show, there was one from Rawl. So, um, thank you guys. Appreciate that. So, um, yeah, real quickly from um, Judy. How long did you live there, Shauna? Like five years or something? Um, yeah, about five years. And then as soon as I moved out of there, there was like a, a three-month time period where I lived with a friend of mine before moving back to Campsville. And her house was haunted as shit, too. So, <laughs> I mean, so, but hers was, was already there before I got there. So, and then yeah. I moved home again uh, to a town that I didn't really realize had all that stuff going on. But after I'd already been exposed to it, it kind of, you know, opened the channels a little bit, so to speak. And then things really started happening. So. Oh, and also for our replay viewers, because it kind of got obliterated due to all the technical issues that we had, um, the housekeeping that we did at the beginning of Edge of the Rabbit Hole, which nobody ever saw, <laughs> except for those that were watching live. So, um, Carrie Parrish had his uh, transplant operation. They did find um, a new liver, a new pancreas for him, so he underwent that. He's recovering, and so um, I hope you know, hope he recovers well. Uh, our friend Don Francisco, her father passed away. So, you know, our condolences and, you know, much positive energy toward her and her family. And then our friend Denise Pridemore is going through a lot of health issues right now. I've been in the hospital a lot. And so, you know, we, uh, but also like some, uh, good juju and whatever else, uh, positive energy for Rita. Oh, for Rita. Show. Yes, 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 yes. Cause she's going to mention anything while she was on the show. Well, yeah. I didn't get permission, but um, yeah, she's going through a little bit of um, health crisis right now, so definitely can use some positive energy for her. Yep, yep, for it as well, definitely. Yes. So, all right, so let's get into the shout outs. Uh, B3 Airspace saying, Great shows you did the best you could with the Possessed Frontier Night. Yeah, it's <laughs> freaking, you know, it, but it's, there's a part of me that still wants to blame Skype too, because we've been having a lot more issues ever since Skype forced me to update. Ever since it forced me to update, I've had issues like every week. Even, even the one week in there where it mostly seemed to go really well, when we had Rob Gutro and I forget what the Inside the Upside Down was. The Inside the Upside Down episode was flawless. But with Rob Gutro, it just inadvertently killed the show right in the middle, so we ended up with two parts. Right. So it's that was the one week things went fine, um, but every other week since Skype updated has been just a mess. So I still want to partially blame Skype as well, even though I know part of it is the internet issue today because I have had throughout the day when I was working and all that was having some issues. So um, in any case, uh, shout outs. So we got B3 Airspace. So um, one of our Deep Down the Rabbit Hole Patreon patrons. So Deep Down the Rabbit Hole Patreon patrons, which we needed some questions from you guys for the Q&A video. Um, in any case, uh, Atomic Nicholas, B3, Airspace, Zippy Davis, uh, BD Flint, Pamela Queen, and Don Francisco. No, um, Andrew Cox. Don had been, but um, but yeah, Andrew Cox. Uh, so that's the six. For, and then there are a lot of other people that are uh, patrons in there as well. Don is still a patron. Um, but the deep down the rabbit hole is the, the uh, higher level. So... Um, yeah, so there's B3 Airspace. Uh, there's Betty Lange. Uh, there's the Haglin. Uh, Donald Gorton, thank you, of course, for a Cheshire Cat chatting in the chat tonight in both shows. Really do appreciate that. 
Um, there's Judy Wilson, a Pungai Fungi. She <laughs> says, Booyah McBones. <laughs> That's kind of a fun one, Booyah McBones. I still, I, there, there are some good, you guys have come up with some good ones. Um, there's Bree Jones. Thanks, Bree. Uh, Snaggletooth Patrick. Uh, it says, Positive thoughts for all the Mad Hatters. Yes, positive for all Mad Hatters. Absolutely. There's the Haglin. Um, we got Mickey Dole. Thanks, Mickey, for joining us tonight. Sharon Lane. Sharon Lane was talking about binge watching uh, today. She liked the uh, Elder House video. It was very cool. Thank you, Sharon, for binge watching. Great venue. Yep, it really is. So, Sean Gilmore, thanks for hanging out tonight. Uh, we will have the full Old Looking County Jail video out for Friday instead of Friday Night Ghost Race. We'll just go with that. Um, so you guys will have some extended viewing because there's a lot that went on in that investigation. So you'll like it. And so uh, I know Sean will like all the stuff with the <laughs> his parapooch. Uh, there's Kathy Siliento. Thanks, Kathy, for joining us. Tim Schoen. Hey, we will see you this weekend. Um, and that is the um, Afterlife Paranormal Conference in DeKalb, Illinois. Come check it out and join us for that. Um, I'll be doing my shadow person uh, presentation. So I think I got Bree Jones. There's Tracy Christian. Thanks, uh, Tracy, for joining us again. The Haunted Explorers. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, there's Tom McNicholas. Hey, Tom. And there's Robert. Good to see you there, Robert. Uh, Chipper Terry, thanks for joining us again tonight. Um, I know we had some uh, newer people in here. There was the, what was the Whispers one I saw in here earlier? Um, there's Squillfish, thanks for joining us tonight. Much appreciated. Um, there's Karen Whitaker, of course. Thank you, Karen, for joining us once again. And I'm going to scroll back down. So anybody wants a shout out, get it in now. There's Dream Hunter. Very cool. Um, all right. And, oh, yeah, of course, Adam Tillery. Adam Tillery. Yeah, it was Whispers from the Dead. Yeah, it was Whispers. Adam Tillery. Adam! You have some <laughs> awesome illustrations. Please email them to me. <laughs> um, all right. So Betty Lange says, thanks, Mike and Shana, for working so hard. Um, well, thank you for joining us and, and always being here. sticking with us. <laughs> yeah, sticking with us through all the crazy stuff. Um, oh, she says, Cheshire catting the chat. Cheshire catting the Cheshire chat. Cheshire catting the chat. Apparently, yeah. I've been saying, saying it wrong. Cheshire, Cheshire catting. Cheshire chatting. We have. Yeah, Cheshire cat chatting Cheshire the chat. Cheshire catting the she chat. She says, Cheshire catting the chat. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jill Nimchinsky, good to see you. All right. Anybody else? I think that's probably about it. Um, Adam says, digital files coming Thursday. Tomorrow's Hannah's birthday. Well, happy birthday to happy Hannah. Birthday, All right. That's awesome. So, all right. I think that's it. We've dragged this out long enough. <laughs> Not trying to drag it out. I mean, we tried to we tried to do the best that we could for tonight and just you know and just chat with you guys about all these different things that you know that we've experienced that you might be able to relate to that you might have questions about what have you. I mean, we've just we're inside the upside down. We we take a paranormal or supernatural topic and we just roll with it. And so, I mean, we I kind of viewed this as like a block. 
of videos with with Zara the Zombie Doll, you know, starting with um, the Friday Night Ghost Frights. Well, actually, it started with um, the Haunted Dolls episode. So we had the Haunted Dolls. She's not haunted. Um, not the, yet. Yeah. <laughs> we had the, uh, the Friday Night Ghost Frights episode uh, that featured her. Go check it out if you haven't yet. And then, uh, of course, we finished that up with Trigger Objects, which is what we believe uh, she was during that investigation. So. so she will continue to go to Mineral Springs with us and everywhere else we go. Yeah. Just to see if it triggers one, if it triggers everywhere we go. So, yeah, she's she's going to be a, a staple. Yep, absolutely. Like ghosty. Like ghosty. Like ghosty. So... That ghosty. Yeah. Ghosty guards. That ghosty. He's 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 the original yeah, over there. Ghost ghost this one guards he's yeah. Zara out here in the studio until I feel brave enough to bring her in the house because I don't even like dolls. <laughs> I think they're creepy. But um <laughs> I even without the paint job. I've actually considered going to like thrift stores, dollar stores or whatever and grabbing some dolls and Just some paints. Doing up and selling. And doing some more like this and you know. And she always told me she wasn't crafty. I'm not. I mean, <laughs> you know, this this face just spoke to me, though, you know? I mean... It's pretty creepy. Had to black out her eyeballs with a Sharpie and, and uh, yeah. So, you know, red fingernail polish in the corners of her eyes to make them look like they were bleeding and... <laughs> um, you know, but I did not. You didn't poke her eye out. I didn't poke her eyes out like some other people were doing to their dolls. And I did not grab the really hot uh, tool to give her a burn scar or anything like that like other people were doing. If you go to the It's Raining Zen page and go back a little bit on their videos. Um, and Dave, when, uh, the owner of Zen did a video as they were like walking out as some of the dolls were walking out and there are some seriously disturbing there are some creepy ones uh, there are definitely some creepy ones you know my first one was almost a baby (laughs) Um, I almost got a baby and I just I couldn't wrap my mind around it so I found this one and the reason that I picked her I braided her hair she had like wild hair but the reason that I picked her is because she reminded me of my very first ghost so that's kind of why I picked her so that looks like the little girl you were talking about earlier yeah Wow, okay, there you go. Her hair, this one's a little bit more golden. Um, The other one had a little bit paler. But, yeah, kind of looked like her, and that's why I chose her. Sean has changed his suggestion from boner to bony. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boner was mine during, or today. Fungi, fungi, ghosty lasternum. What the heck? (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Yeah, B3 ever says, go to bed, children, and see you next week. I know, we just kind of, we already did. We wrapped up the shout-outs a while ago. We're going on and on. All right, everybody. You have a great night. Um, stay tuned for the investigation video on Friday. Uh, hopefully, we'll see a number of you this coming weekend at the Afterlife Paranormal Conference. And try then try to go live. Try to go live. Try. We'll try. We're hoping that DeKalb has a good internet signal. I've never been there, but it's close enough uh, to Chicago. Maybe it will. I hope so. Let's hope so. I really freaking hope so. So, and we'll see you next week. We'll have Ghost Crier back for next week. So, everybody, take care. Have a great night. See you next time.